Welcome to the Happy Tans Podcast, where you will learn everything you need to know about running a successful sunless tanning business. We will interview some of the industry's top business owners to find out how they took a passion and turned it into a prosperous business. And here's your host, Grant Conscious. What's up, Happy Tanners? Thank you so much for joining us on episode 125 of the Happy Tans Podcast. Today's episode, we have Sheila Bella from Pretty Witch Boss. She shares a ton of great, valuable information about her journey into and through the beauty industry, some things she's had to overcome along the way. She shares some insights into what allowed her to grow her permanent makeup business to multiple locations and over 15 employees before eventually shutting them down, how she was able to get through that, how she was able to roll with the punches there to get through it how she has grown her team now to double that size, what her focus is now, and she shares some insights into what she finds in the most successful people that she teaches and coaches along with her team. Sheila, thank you so much for sharing your time with us. Super excited to see how you continue to impact the world. It's wonderful to see what you all are doing with your company and your wonderful team that you have alongside with you. Thank you so much for tuning in and thank you for sharing your time. And as always, the Happy Tans podcast is sponsored by the Happy Tans website builder, the first and only website builder created specifically for the sunless tanning industry. Not only do we help you look good online, we help you get found online. That's right. Our websites are SEO or search engine optimized to help you get found in your local area to get more clients in the door. If you have a website or if you don't, we can help you. Come check us out at happytans.com. Click the Create Your Website button to get started. And if you have any questions, just reach out. Grant at happytans.com is my email. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much again, Sheila, for sharing your story and your time with us. It was wonderful to get to spend some time with you. I hope everybody has a great day and happy tanning. Hello and welcome to the Happy Tans Podcast. On today's episode, we have Sheila Bella from Pretty Rich Bosses. How are you doing today, Sheila? Woohoo! I am focused because yeah. of my lion's mane coffee. Coffee in your hydro flask. Not sponsored. I, I wish I had a discount code for you. I don't. Sorry. Oh, that's all right. That's all right, Sheila. Well, for those that don't know you, if they've been hiding under a rock, I know that you have a lot of followers, people on Instagram that follow you. Probably a lot of our audience already knows you, but I'd love to open up the floor for a minute for, for you to introduce yourself and give us a little backstory about what got you where you are today. Yeah. Um. Oh, man you know, always, this is, this is the question I always like struggle with. How do I condense this? You know, the question I really struggle is when Uber drivers ask me, what do I do? Or anybody asks me like, what do you do for a living? Yeah. Cause it's just the way people make money nowadays. It's just so non-traditional. So what I can tell you is that I started out as a, as a dropout college student. Mm Um, I was working at Dylan's Irish Pub as a server. I was serving avocado fries Mm. and beer. People always stop whenever I say avocado fries, but that was the job, though. I served avocado fries (laughs) with aioli, and it was delicious. And um, I was in between husbands. I didn't know that at the time. I just um, I was separated from my first husband, Mm -hmm. and I was just looking for a fun job. to kind of like break me out of my pattern because I was, it was, it was just a real low point for me. So I was looking for a fun job. I got this job on Hollywood and Vine at Dylan's Irish pub. And I was like starting my quote unquote new life. And then I got fired from that job. I, I was horrible. I 
was <laughs> I, had, I had terrible social skills and um i was there for all the wrong reasons i was there to heal a broken heart Mm -hmm. or whatever and i was looking for love in all the wrong places like drunk guys at the bar that's <laughs> what i was doing and they probably you know caught on <laughs> it's <was> probably <laughs> obvious and yeah. so i was let go from that job but i can't look at that i didn't look at that um you know loss as objectively as i do today and i was devastated um and then i realized that i I needed to confront this career situation of mine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was 28 years old and I didn't have a traditional education. I didn't have a whole lot of skills. Um, and my dreams um, kind of took form. They kind of changed. I wanted to quote unquote, like settle down. If I ever wanted to be taken seriously by mm -hmm. anybody, I needed to take myself seriously. And so um, I was like looking into quick vocational careers that I could learn and yeah. the business side of it. I don't know. I've always felt pretty comfortable that I could, you know, sell whatever it is I would do. Mm -hmm. um, and I landed on permanent makeup because it was a five day education. If you can't see me, um, I'm doing bunny ears. It was a five day <laughs> education on how yeah. to cut people's faces <laughs> up. And um, uh. because of that, I, I, it was it was affordable and i i bit and i don't know what it was but to me that was kind of like in my head my last shot mm. i don't know why obviously if that didn't work out i can i can go to like pharmaceutical sales i could get a job at like north you know but but mm -hmm. i don't know what it was like to me that was my last shot it was like it was almost like i burned the boat so and if i didn't make that work Permanent makeup is really hard to make work, by the way. If I didn't make that work, um, it would mean that I was a loser and I'd be alone forever. So I gave myself like really dire like consequences. I really yeah. made, I don't know why it, it was, um, I don't know why that was my impression, but um, I really thought that it was the last, the last shot I had that if I didn't make this work, that I would be stuck and I would amount to nothing forever and ever. Mm. And permanent makeup is very difficult to make work because you see your clients once a year, spray tan artists or estheticians mm -hmm. or, you know, nail etticians, nail technicians, <laughs> nails, like, you know, or lash, lash techs. You see your clients every couple of weeks, you build like a clientele. And then you see them every couple of weeks and then you build a roster and then you're like, wow, I'm booked and busy. What yeah. I didn't realize why was permanent makeup so hard is because the perm it's permanent. Yeah. <laughs> so new client acquisition was a skill you really need to learn if you want to do this thing full time because you need mm -hmm. a new ass, pardon my friend, in the chair every single day. You need not only that, it's really hard to convince somebody to let you tattoo their face like a new person every mm -hmm. single day. And so because it was so difficult to make happen full time, um, I learned a lot and now I can do it for any industry. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. And that was a uh, 12 years ago, 12, 11, 12 years ago. Yeah. Wow. And you went through the whole thing, had locations, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. Wow. So, but so your specialty then really is just getting people in the door and in the chair, no matter what. Um, I think that has always been my specialty, even mm -hmm. when I had my um permanent makeup businesses. Um, I always felt like a marketer first before an artist. Mm. And um I should have leaned into that because uh, people 
people ask me now, you know, Sheila, what do I, how do I stand out from the crowd? Yeah. How do I, you know, and I, I should have listened to that little voice inside me a long time ago that said, um, you should teach marketing. Hmm. And I was afraid to teach marketing. And you know, I, for the dumbest reason, I was afraid to help other women, my competitors be successful. Oh, wow. So dumb. And I was afraid to like teach them the art of permanent makeup too. This is like back, you know, Sheila, early thirties, late twenties, whatever scarcity mentality. And so <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, if anybody listening right now, if you want to stand out, you know, if you want to like Gary V the world, you start talking about what you're afraid your competitors will learn. Mm. I really believe in that because they can't do it the way you do, no. you know, exactly like you. And who knows if they'll even execute. It's not about that. It's I, I really believe now after a bunch of like trying different things and different <laughs> mentalities in business, yeah. abundance mentality, scarcity mentality, that the abundance mentality thing really does pay off just from a purely strategic perspective. Yeah. If you just share, if you just talk about what you're afraid your competitors will, will learn, yeah. <laughs> it will, it works out. You yeah. all win. That's like a real thing. Trust me. I've tried to be petty. And it's not a good strategy and it doesn't even work. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. You know, and we, part of the reason we started the podcast that you were, you were talking about, you felt like a business person before an artist. A lot of the people mm -hmm. I feel like are artists and they don't understand the business, which is one reason we started the podcast. And another thing we did was I was like, let's dismiss the fact that, you know, in the spray tan industry, it's changed a little bit, but it used to be, I don't want to tell people my products because if they know it, they're going to be able to take my clients. And I like for us, like that was one of the questions we asked, what products and equipment do you use? Because I wanted to like throw that out the door. I don't care. There's a girl that had like a compressor. She got it like a mechanic shop and she runs a amazing business, you know, 30 tans a day on the side. And I'm like, see, it doesn't matter what equipment you have, you know? So mm -hmm. it's, you know, I'm trying to dismiss that and say, we need to teach people the business side, like, what are they doing? And it's not a secret, right? It's a lots of times it's very similar things, the hard work, <laughs> get knocked down and get back up. But mm -hmm. at the end of the day, dismiss that kind of scarcity to my mindset, like you said, and focus on abundance because there's plenty of clients yeah. out there for everybody. There, there are, you cannot mm -hmm. service the world. Mm-hmm. But yeah. you, I don't, I don't know. Like I think when you're when you're younger in this business, um, especially me, it's like, like, like I said, like when I w went into this business, it was like I had a ton of scarcity mentality. Yeah. Like if this doesn't work out for me, it means something deep. Like yeah. I am a loser. Right. So that also doesn't work in terms of <laughs> mindset definitely sure. but it, it probably drove you to some extent right because you were like this yeah. is gonna, this is gonna work or else you know x for y, sure Z. um i don't know if you uh are you familiar familiar with the enneagram personality test yes mm -hmm. okay so i am a classic eight on the enneagram mm -hmm. and um i've been doing a little bit more digging on this and it's totally in alignment, I think, with my personality type. Every eight has a um, a screw you moment. Every eight has a screw you moment where you realize that, oh, no one is going to protect me from this, mm. right? So because you start out in life bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and, you know, very <laughs> loved and feeling safe and protected, and then something happens 
And then you're like, wait, mom and dad, you're not going to protect me from this. Did you see how unfair that was? Why aren't you saying anything or like a friend or something like that will like break your heart and be like, well, you're not going to stand up for me. And, you know, or whatever it is, you have this screw you moment where you realize no one's coming. No one's going to protect you as fiercely as you can protect yourself. Mm -hmm. And you start creating your own luck. And I just think I've had those moments so many times in my life, whether it be in relationship or financially, or um, it just in, in so many ways. And I just, I just, just my motivation is to protect my future and those I love fiercely. Mm. So I think a lot of people, when they see me, they think, oh, she just, she likes accolades. She likes accolades. She likes gold stars. My motivation is protection. It's not even, it's not even like have a lot of followers, have a lot of fame. I just want my people to be okay. Mm. And that's why I think um, I can take it. I can handle public ridicule or like criticism and things like that, because my motivation isn't, isn't just like to look good. Like I can give a crap about it. My motivation (laughs) is higher. I just want to take care of my people. Right. So right. I can withstand most, you know, anyhow. Yeah. Cause you have the why. Sense. Yeah. Cause I got Cause the why. You, what, the what Enneagram type are you? I don't actually know. I know. Oh, okay. Test. Yeah. So <laughs> I, don't, I, don't have, I need to That's go. A good one. Yeah. I'll, I know somebody sent me one. I need to do it. Is that the, is it a really long test? Is it it's not, the, it's like okay. 10, it's like 10 minutes. I okay. think it's worth it. Okay. It's so worth it. It helps you understand. Yeah, I should I should preface that by saying I know of it. I don't know it like that, but well, I'm gonna text you. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I'll let you know what it is. I'm pretty sure my neighbor said that to me and I didn't do it yet. He said, This is pretty cool to figure out your it is really cool. It's like you start thinking like you know better and you can read the whole world. Like (laughs) even this. All right, I'll do it. I'll do it. Okay. I'll hold you to it, Grant. (laughs) Yeah, let's do it. We'll we'll make it happen for sure. So, you know, to to kind of you know correspond with our audience a little bit, these people. People are, you know, maybe a single location owner. They might have some employees. They might just be starting out. But to look at, to look back to when you were more so in the, um, you know, now your focus is a little different. But when you were owning your own, you know, the business and the permanent makeup, what you had two locations, correct? Yeah, two locations. Um, mm-hmm. Listen, the whole goal was just to make ten thousand dollars a month. <laughs> that was the whole goal. And it's interesting what happens when you start believing in yourself. Mm. You will shock yourself. And this is the the feeling I'm addicted to now is mm-hmm. I'm addicted to seeing women shock themselves mm. with what's possible for them, with what they can do, sure. with what six months of focus can do, can set you up for the next five years. Yeah. And I, I love seeing that in our program. Yeah. So I, I, I had two locations. I had 15 at the peak of it. I had 15 artists, two locations, um, a bunch of front desk people, a bunch, <laughs> <laughs> a valet guy, uh, you know, a cleaning staff, et cetera, et cetera, yeah. and a partridge in a pear tree. Um, so, so what, what was, what was the number one thing that contributed to that growth? Cause I mean, a lot of our mm-hmm. clients, like your program would probably be amazing for our audience. Cause a lot of people, they just need more people in the door, right? They're just mm-hmm. like, they struggle with the, the marketing side. Again, they're good. They're great artists, but the business side kind of falls to the wayside. Uh, so I'm kind of curious as to what the number one thing was that you did well to get people in the door, to be able to grow, to the, be that big. That's such a great question. I saw that on our run of show and I was like, that's the question you asked 
to get to get it out of people. Right? <laughs> what did you do? What did you do? And so, um, yeah. Um, so what I did was I recognized what works for client acquisition, and mm-hmm. I didn't. I I I systematized it. Mm. So I recognized what worked once. Mm-hmm. And then, and then basically see, Hey, did this work twice? Does it work 10 times? And then from that you create, you find the patterns. And then from those patterns, you create systems mm-hmm. around it where it's almost like it's, it's like brushing your teeth. Like for example, like a habit, right? Like a business habit mm-hmm. um, that really works is sending a client a before and their before and after with them looking really good, they have to feel really pretty and really good, right? Because like, mm-hmm. because they're encouraged to post it and tag you. So that is like, a so it, let's say it worked once, right? Then I, I'll test it out to see if it worked twice. And then if it keeps working, then it becomes part of the protocol. Every single time you have a client in the door mm-hmm. uh, and then and out the door and they're happy, you send them there before and after photos, something as simple as that and making that a part of the process really helps in, in um, brand visibility and brand awareness because they're encouraged to post it. They want to help you yeah, because you have this great relationship with them. Yeah. They look and good. Also, they look and good. Asking, so. <laughs> they look, yeah. And they look good, right? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Hello, what am I avoiding carbs for? <laughs> I'm helping my friend promote her business. <laughs> so this isn't a thirst trap. I'm just helping my my girl promote her business. But um, you know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah. look at my abs though. And um, yeah, so I think I think that re- that really helps. And so mm-hmm. also asking them to post it, mm-hmm. asking for a review. So things like that. Um, also I, I realized early on that influencer marketing wasn't a joke. And I didn't just focus on like these big influencers. Mm-hmm. Anybody that just had like 3,000 followers, right? I'm in Los Angeles. So there's a lot of hot girls here who like are unknowns, quote unquote, sure. unknowns, but they're like gorgeous and they have like a thousand followers. That's a thousand people yeah they can share their before and after result with that who are local Mm -hmm. so recognizing these patterns and like building systems on top of it making sure that with every single client that walks through the door you repeat the same thing um and outreach learning sales i think those are those are like the biggest things yeah Definitely. I think I struggle with a lot for a lot of people in business. I know I've struggled with this and people probably do is like lean into what works. Like everybody wants to try something new just because everybody else is doing it. But if this is working, then work it until it wears out. And then, then you look for something else. Like you said, work uh, it until it wears out. I love that. But you have to recognize. Yeah. You have to figure out what it is. Yeah. You have to recognize what's working. So yeah, yeah, I love this stuff. I can geek out with you. All yeah. day. Yeah, we'll do it. We'll make it happen for sure. Um, so for you, like what what was the moment that changed your business? Like what what changed to get you from where you were then to like where you are now? Was there a defining moment? Yeah, the pandemic. Mm. <laughs> pandemic. So as you know, we just had our um, PMU summit, which was mm-hmm. like an, an event with like 300 PMU artists in Los Angeles. And it was a, a live event. Um and uh, when 20, 2020 happened to all of us, but I took it very personally, I felt like it happened to me more. Mm-hmm. 
I'm sure we all feel that way, but listen, (laughs) Sheila Bella of March 12th, 2020, March 12th, Mm. right? Mm. That was probably the darkest I've ever, uh, the the darkest day of my business career ever. Mm. When um, my salons were shut down, right? I'm sure all of ours were. And I felt like this was so personal. It was just happening to me. Nobody else. <laughs> my salons were shut down. All my girls were out of work. We didn't, you know, it's like, oh, the world is ending. Mm-hmm. But the worst part was I had been working on this event. I had a live event. I had been working on this event that was supposed to be like the pinnacle of my career. It was supposed to be like the climax of my American dream, mm-hmm. so to speak, because I'm an immigrant. And I had 400 people here in Los Angeles. And my event was supposed to be March 13, 14, and 15. Wow. March 13, 14, 15, March 12th, right? Like late at night, late, 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 late. Governor Newsom said, hey, no events over. What did he say? Like 100? Basically, we had to shut the whole thing down. We had to. We had no choice anymore. And leading up to that, just leading up to that, um, was it was already tumultuous in my head. Should I, should we, you know, as you know, like all of these things were happening on the news, people are, you know, dying everywhere and, you know, people were like canceling. And so I didn't know what to do mm-hmm. and I was getting criticized. Oh gosh. The, the um, herd mentality was so horrible. Like we weren't equipped back then. I feel like, I think we're more equipped for cancellation now, at least I am. But back then it was just a bunch of herd mentality of people criticizing me for not shutting it down for, for um, continuing on with it. People were criticizing me for even thinking about shutting it down. And I, I just, I, I didn't know what to do. So it, it wasn't until the government themselves had to say, Hey, no, and I already had people here. I had people here who flew from across like the Atlantic, right? Who came here from Australia. They were already mm. checking into their hotel rooms and I had to shut it down. And I mean, as you guys know, I was a little extra confused, you know, what to, on what to do because my girls were out of work. I, I mean, for all of us, right? The world was ending. Apparently we were never going to open doors again. There was aliens invading <laughs> and just and then people were talking about like, oh, okay, when are we going to get our money back? We had a refund. And I was like, hold on, hold on. You like, and doing all these systems and processes and like appeasing the world at the time, I was short circuiting left and right. And I just like, I felt like Michael Scott. I just wanted to curl up under a pile of coats <laughs> and wait until the problem goes away. Right. <laughs> um, And it never went away. I had to, <laughs> so I had to confront it. it. Yes, I had to confront it, but it took me two weeks of hiding under a pile of coats. That's pretty good bounce back, though. Mm. That's pretty good bounce back two weeks. And then I said and then I got mad and then I said, let's go. (laughs) Aliens are coming. Let's do this. (laughs) So I so, you know, um, I leaned into a couple of podcasts and, you know, just really like that positive propaganda every single day of like, hey, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Just listening to positive propaganda because like I had no choice. And um, I realized that opportunity doesn't go away. It just changes location. Mm-hmm. And this is for any world situation. There's always opportunity, any um, economic status, right? Mm-hmm. Um, economic um, environment, rather. Yeah. Economic environment, challenging economic environment. So I realized that, oh, okay, well, I can't open my salon, but there's opportunity and the opportunity is online. Okay, well, let's go online. So we went hard in the paint online. And 
from that, from that mm -hmm. dark, dark, dark day in 2020 came my second multi-million dollar business now completely online that exceeded my, my studios and salons. Mm. And now I work from home. And now I help other women right. make more money in their business, double their income or their money back. That is our guarantee because <laughs> it actually works. And now I get to do that too. And it is super fulfilling. I have twice as many employees as I did back then. And um, I, can't, I just can't believe it. I right. just, I can't believe it. Yeah. And able to reach so many more people now, right? It's scale because it's online, it's technology. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I just feel like this work is so much more aligned with, you know, with me. Mm -hmm. um, as I shared earlier, you know, I've, I've always felt like a marketer yeah. before an artist and um, it, feels, it feels authentic to me. Yeah, absolutely. So your focus now, you get, you're helping train people. We spoke a little bit beforehand. So I understand like you're, you're, you're helping train people to basically get more clients in the door or transition mm -hmm. if they want to do training or coaching, whatever they want to do. You've got kind of a, yeah. a wide array of, of uh, clientele that right. can follow into that. But the, the beauty business has a, has a pattern of growth, right? I understand the patterns of growth. First, you start out as a solopreneur mm -hmm. and then you get really booked and busy and then <laughs> you get so booked and busy that you can't service any more people. And are you just going to be like a spray tan robot for the rest of your life? Yeah. Or are you just going to be a lash robot or a brow robot for the rest of your life? And then it gets to the point where there's no more hours in the day. You can't service that many people and you get burned out. So what do you do? You increase your prices, but then you can only increase, increase your prices so much. Mm -hmm. And then, so if you really want to scale, you can hire and then you've already built the brand. Now you can, now you can build the team. And then and there's also people who get to that point too, and they don't want to build a team, but maybe they want to do trainings. And then, so yeah. we help people get more students in the door and that's a high ticket item because a training is like thousands of dollars. You know how to sell something for 35 bucks or 300 bucks. What about 3000 bucks? Yeah. So we help with sales training too. So that we help with all of those types of things. And it's so much fun for me. Right. I love it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that is fun. I mean, you're, you're, I mean, to some extent, like in the permanent makeup, when you had the locations, you're impacting individuals, you know, in that way. But at this point, you're helping these people realize their dreams, probably spend more time with family, take more vacation, mm -hmm. all these different things you get to see through that. So that's amazing. And that obviously now you help more people make a living. You said double the amount of staff. So that's amazing to hear as well. So, yeah, yeah. But it's absolutely. good. It's good. And like uh, like you said, it's so true. You kind of have the, the stages of growth, like you're a solo person. And then what's mm -hmm. the next step? You need some kind of leverage, right? Uh, mm -hmm. That leverage is somebody else's time typically to typically, perform yeah. the services um, yeah. and then move on from there. So what? How how have you dealt with the growth that you've seen for your company? How have I dealt with it? Very well, if I don't. <laughs> um, you know what? It, it it's it, there's a there's a lot of growth that happens when building teams. Mm -hmm. There, it's an education in business building, is an yeah. education in people, mm -hmm. in people. And yeah. um, I have the best team ever. I know people probably come here and say that about their teams, but no, really, I really do have the best. <laughs> and um it was my birthday yesterday and um oh, I really thank you. Mm -hmm. It was International Women's Day, it's my birthday. And oh, wow. I was reading through like my COO and I, my work wife, we we're reading through all the cars and a lot 
of people say, and I really don't think they're BSing me. I really don't think they're, <laughs> maybe I'm dumb, but I don't know. But <laughs> a lot of them say it feels great to be a part of this team because they feel like they belong for the first time. It's that sense of belonging. So when you become, you know, a, a boss, I suppose, of, of, of this scale, I suppose, hold on. Sorry, my brother's calling me. No worries. And I just declined it. Okay, <laughs> when you become like a boss of this scale, yeah, so to speak, whatever. Um, you have to transition now from pouring into your clients to now pouring into your team, mm-hmm. right? And then now you take care of your team, and your team takes care of the clients. You can't take care of. I still take care of like my one-on-one clients and stuff, yeah. but like. I really take care of my team, mm-hmm. right? And I make sure they're equipped and they're feeling good. And um, we feel so aligned, this team. We yeah. really, we really, really do. Yeah, team chemistry is super important. <laughs> and no matter uh, no matter what business it's in, if you see any anybody that's at in growth mode, that's being able to scale up, grow like you guys have, I think you have to look internally, you know, that team's solid because it wouldn't happen without it. There has to be people taking care of every single step of the process. You know, you have specialists in every areas, whatever that looks like. Um, so that's important to have. And the team chemistry, the rapport that yeah, you have, yeah. like a family, it sounds like it's right. important to have that. I didn't. And it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a dance, right? Mm-hmm. It's a delicate dance. I used to not have um, a chain of command. <laughs> people used to just go to me or someone for everything I used to not have that and so I don't know it's like you know I don't come from the corporate world so a lot of this stuff I learned the hard way Um, but I I guess it was for a reason yeah I I think a lot of people struggle with letting go of control so you've been able to do that that's important if you ever want to leave that solo mentality and grow something bigger than yourself it's hard to let go of that control but it's important there's people out there that can do whatever job you don't like or that you're doing probably better Mm -hmm. than you it's hard to realize that sometimes (laughs) absolutely absolutely yeah so So you've worked with a lot of business owners Um, I know we talked about like what tips you would get, like what, what helps you grow the most in your business. But if you look at the people that have come through your programs, uh, people you work with over the years, if you look at what those people, what traits those people have, are there any specific things that are like an underlying trait? That's like that person has this, they're going to be successful. Cause I know that after mm. interviewing people on this podcast, there's some specific things that I hear over and over and I'm like, they're going to, they're going to make it. Uh, great question, Grant. I like these questions. A couple of things. Um, it's about your bounce back rate. It's about your co- It's re- your recovery time mm. huh? because, you know, success isn't guaranteed, but adversity is setbacks are people will mm-hmm. screw you over. Like you will get canceled. Trust me. You will. Yeah. If you, if you're on the internet, as much as I am, you just will. You'll you, everyone will have their day. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, it's just about your recovery rate. Like you're it's, it's about recovering um, from all of these. Like, do you recover? You, how, how long will it take you to recover from a bad day, from a bad, from a bad business deal? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's comeback rate. And um. I really think too, as like cliche as it is, is like, is your why you can't do this for the money. Mm. You have to know what's attached to the money. Like it's, it's about a who I think, I think the people who have a stronger why and not just the money. um, Yeah. They, they're more consistent Mm. because if you do this for the money, you're going to fail. It's not 
money's not that it's fine. It's great. But yeah. I mean, you will, you will quit. <laughs> yeah. <you laughs> because will. there are things that, you know, you cannot pay me to do. Right. But <laughs> it's, um, earth or endure, right? You ha- So it's all about like, do you have a deeper why and really identifying what that is? And um, for me, it's my, it's my three sons um, and my family, my husband, and, and just taking care of my family. And now it's my team. Yeah, absolutely. It's my team. Yeah. Um, and yeah. yeah, they're amazing. Yeah, it's hard to sometimes I think people struggle figuring out their why. There's a great exercise. Uh, Dean Grazioski's talked about mm. it. It's called seven level, seven level. I have to find the link. It's seven levels deep. Send basically. me that. I'll send yeah. you the Enneagram. Okay. Yeah. okay. Seven levels what? Yeah, yeah. Basically, it's like you ask why, like what their why is, and they start answering it. And you ask them seven times. And like it, like by the third or fourth why, they've left their mind and gone to their heart. And typically people will get emotional because mm. there's some there's something deep. Like why they're saying this is on the surface level, but why does that matter? Why, why? And then by the time you get obviously down closer and you get to the seventh one, it's like, this is the actual why. So it's a, it's a pretty cool exercise, but if anybody struggles with the understanding their why, I will find it. Um, I know it's an old thing he's talked about in the past, but it's interesting. Yeah. I've heard of that before. That's a Dean Graziosi thing. I was, I was wondering. I, I don't know if it's actually his, but he has the one I heard talked talk about, about it. it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. Because if you ask, well, why? You, first, you get it's in your head. Well, because I want to make money. Well, because I want to. I want live, freedom. You know, why? I want, yeah. well, why? And then it gets deeper and deeper into your heart. Well, yeah. because actually, I want to leave a legacy for my kids and make sure they're. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I think. Yeah, I mean, understanding the why. You know, the the other thing that always sticks out to me is the people that are like uh, the bounce back is huge. I think, but like go getters, like they're not looking mm. for excuses as to why they can't they're looking for like ways to make it work whatever it is like whatever they're up against they're like the ones I know that go to training and then the next day they're spraying people I'm like they're gonna make it the ones that go to training and sit on that for like two months I'm like this isn't gonna work like you're that self-doubt's crept in you haven't done it um so you know I hate to see when people have I've been thinking about this for six months a year it's like just do it you gotta do something you have to take action right so um that's that's something I always think sticks out stands out for uh, me. Yeah, for sure. Um, you, it's just as easy to talk yourself out of it, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you can talk it. It's the same amount of energy. You can talk yourself into it, mm-hmm. or you can talk yourself out of it, and it's yeah. the same amount of energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's important to think why not me, right? Why instead yeah, of why yeah. me? Yeah. So, um, I know you got to go pick up the kids, uh, soon. Here, I have so I'd, kids. Yeah. I have those. I've made people. You've made people too, right? One. Yeah. We have one little girl. She's almost five. Wild. Yeah. Wild. Is, is it crazy making a person a human? Yes, yes it is. Does, does she have like, you know, opinions and stuff and you're like, wait, what? <laughs> you have a opinion. She's hard. Yeah. The teacher even told her she's hard headed. Like she, she's given her, she's in Montessori. So it's a little different, but she's like, I'm trying to teach her something. And she's like, no, no, no. I already know how to do this. Miss Reed. Like, <laughs> she's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> she's like, no, uh, my way is the best. All right. <laughs> so, oh, she's an eight. They have the Enneagram for kids too. Okay. And she was born April 22nd. So she's air, like a bull. I don't know. Aries, I don't know I if that, yeah. that stuff for me. Yeah. I don't know either. My I wife don't... knows all this stuff. So. Oh yeah. No, they have, they have Enneagram for kids and it okay. helps. It okay. helps you like parent, like, oh, you're like that. That's what you're, you, it's all about like figuring out what they're motivated by. Okay. Yeah. Like, I will, yeah. Yeah. I have to send it to me for sure. I will. 
Awesome. Well, before before we wrap up, I'd like to ask this last question. Uh, I appreciate your time, by the way, Sheila. If people want to learn more about you, we'll link all this stuff. Obviously, the SheilaBella.com. Is that the best place for them to find? Yeah, I, I also live on Instagram at mm-hmm. real Sheila Bella. Yep. Um, but yeah, SheilaBella.com. I also have my podcast, Pretty Rich Podcast. I'd love to have you on. I'd love to now, be on. Now that we're friends and yeah, um, we should totally set that up. Yeah. And thanks to Kelly Callahan, by the way, shout out to her. Both, we both spoke at her event last year. So it was great. Glad we connected. Um, we didn't connect there, but afterwards anyway. So yeah, yeah. the last question I'd love to ask is if you had to write a letter to yourself when you were just starting out, what would you say? Mm, learn sales. Learn sales. Learn high ticket sales. It's mm. just like lean and in, lean into it. Like, yeah. It's not, it's, it, oh, a lot of people say they're good salespeople. And I thought I was a good salesperson. <laughs> um, you're not, we're all crappy. I promise <laughs> you. It's like, yeah. we're all crap. <laughs> um, so yeah, I would dive deep into sales. That's what yeah. I would really yeah. tell that girl. Like you're a, you're a sales person first. And it has such like a negative, um, yeah. People you know, think use car salesman, right? It's like, yeah, 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 it's, but sales is an act of love. Yeah. It really is. I am so glad I was sold the microblading training. I was sold. <laughs> I was so glad I was sold, um, you know, a ticket to an event. And yeah. I was so glad I'm so glad I was sold this MacBook that I'm on. Mm-hmm. So sales is an act of love. I, and you can't like coerce anybody into buying something they don't want to buy. Yeah. You just need to coach them into seeing, you know, whether or not it's, it's the right fit for them. So Benefits, that's, yeah. That's what I would. Say. And if you know sales, you'll always have a job because there's always stuff to be sold. <laughs> my eight-year-old, my eight-year-old, he he said, "You know what? I need I need to learn sales, mom." Yeah, you're listening to me. Yes. Yeah, awesome, yes. awesome, Sheila. Well, I don't want to take up any more of your time. I know you got to go pick up the kids. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. I love uh, the stories. Amazing what you're creating over there is is wonderful. I know that I think your team's all women, right? Too, which is amazing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, have two, I have two sisters, uh, a daughter, obviously a wife. So it's like I'm surrounded by women. So I'm super mm. supportive. And obviously the tanning mm-hmm. industry is 99.9% True. women. So. I'm surrounded by boys here. I have four. Oh, well. Yeah. Well, thanks for everything you do. We'll, we'll make sure to link all this up. I'm excited to uh, keep in touch with you, learn, keep seeing you guys grow and help more and more people. Thank you so much, Grant. Such a pleasure to be here. You too. Take care. Take care. Bye. Bye.